Hi, my name is Joe Blanduzzi, and you're listening to History in the Making. The Montreal Canadiens select. The Montreal Canadiens are proud to select. Yes, Barry Kotkanemi. Ryan Paling. Cole Caulfield. Hey, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of History in the Making, the official podcast of the Montreal Canadiens, focused on the future of the most storied franchise in pro sports. Our guest this week is none other than the Laval Rocket leading scorer, Joe Blandisi. History in the Making is brought to you by Tricolore Sport, Montreal's official team store. From lifestyle brands to jerseys and beyond, Tricolore Sport has a style for every sports fan in your life. All right, let's get right into it. There's a lot of exciting things happening around. First of all, game on. We're going to see some games in the NHL. But in the meantime, we've been seeing games in the AHL. And we've been seeing some of the premier Canadian prospects finish their career, their pre-pro career, let's put it that way. Um, the Rocket are going great. Right now, they've lost four games in regulation of their 20. It's Their record is like 14-4-1-1, okay? So there's an overtime loss and a shootout loss in there. But for all intents and purposes, the Levada Rocket are one of the best teams in the AHL. There's no star. That's the fun part. Like, right now, Kutkinemi, Romanov, they could all be in the AHL. Well, we don't have that, and that's great. You want your stars to graduate to the NHL immediately. But what's happening here is we have a collection of really good prospects mixed with veterans and a really strong coaching staff that puts such an onus on the details, on the small things. Not everyone gets to watch Laval Rocket practice. I do. Um, well, I did. And uh, let me tell you, the intensity is real. So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk to Joe Blandisi, who's currently leading them in scoring. But here's why I say currently, and we're going to get into it with Joe it could change by tomorrow. It could be Ryan Paling by tomorrow. It could be Jordan. Like there's a whole cast. There's an ensemble. This is absolutely the epitome of a team. So um, when you get the chance to watch the Rocket, make sure to tune in. But before we get to that, there's some really interesting news for some of the non-pro prospects. So Cole Caulfield um, finished his NCAA career the way he started by scoring two goals uh unfortunately he couldn't uh his team really couldn't advance further uh to get to the frozen four but Cole did absolutely everything uh you know in his powers I think they lost by three he ended up getting three points including two goals um he had the highest goals per game ratio I believe in D1 uh for NCAA since they've started counting it or like at least since the early 90s so statistically speaking one of the best goal scorers to ever go through the collegiate ranks And he signed his entry-level contract. So, like, everything is happening. This is so exciting. Now, everyone's got – and this is – we're going to fall into it in the prospect mailbag. Uh, you guys asked about Cole Caulfield a lot. But here's what I'm going to say. He's going to start in Laval. We don't know how long it's going to last. But let's take a deep breath. Really good player. He needs to wet his toes. So, we're going to get into that in just one moment. But other news. Jordan Harris. Fantastic year with Northeastern. Um, six goals and 13 assists. So, you're looking at point per game. 19 points, 19 games. That's fantastic. Look, 19 points in 19 games would be good for a third year forward in the NCAA. Um, Jordan Harris is a defenseman. He's He decided to recommit for another year. Now, I understand a lot of people are worried here. One of the things that could happen if Jordan decides is at the end of his collegiate year, there'll be time there, obviously, for the Canadian to sign him. But he has the option. If, if he doesn't want to sign, he can become a free agent. Now, it's happened in the past, never to the Canadians. 
when it has happened in the past, there's been it's been clear from the get-go what was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. The relationship soured. That is not the case with Jordan Harris and the Canadians. You're seeing there's a strong link. They're endorsing each other. Jordan Harris's team, or like, you know, his, his not his entourage, but like, for example, um, you know, his mentors and whatnot, approve the message the Canadians put out. The Canadians are approving the stuff that Jordan Harris, they're on the same team here. We never want to hold a prospect back from getting his education to fulfilling getting um, you know that degree. Jordan Harris, from the get-go, the minute he was drafted, knew he wanted to get that degree. So let's applaud him for really doing the smart thing. I think he has a really bright career in the NHL ahead of him. But if not, you know, uh, you, you get the paper so you can get the paper. Eventually, you need to have a career post-NHL. And Jordan Harris, really smart guy. Education is important. So let's applaud him. Let's applaud the Canadians too. Uh, it's a bit of a difficult situation, but they're maintaining a really good, really good relationship with him. So I have all the faith in the world that he will sign. Um, from what I'm hearing from absolutely everyone, it's not an issue. So let's not stress out about Jordan Ayers. Another guy, and we're going to finish our, um, we went NCAA, now we're going to jump in the USHL. Let's just say it, Sean Farrell, nothing left to prove in the USHL. So I think it's mission accomplished, what he did there. Um, a million points in, in half as many games. He's like really been dominant for the Chicago Steel set franchise records, if I do remember correctly. The big thing will be next year. We're going to see how he does at Hartford. Uh, Hartford. No, he's not going to play in a mall in Connecticut. He's going to play for Harvard. Uh, slightly different. But um, we're going to see how he does in the NCAA. That's a huge step up from USHL to the NCAA. It goes from essentially talent to strategy, right? So um, even just speaking with Jordan Harris at the beginning of the year, I asked him, what's the big jump? He said, like, X's and O's. We, we didn't know how to do strategy when we came into the NCAA. So that'll be exciting um, when it comes to Sean Farrell. Now, we're going to get into the mailbag. All the questions about Cole Caulfield. You guys want to know what to expect. Don't expect too much right off the bat. Now, here's what I will say. Cole Caulfield, he'll produce on the power play right away, but Joël Bouchard... Uh, has a long history of slow playing these things. Now, I don't think he's ever had the talent of a, of a Cole Caulfield joining the AHL, and I don't know how long he'll be in the AHL, but I love the idea of him going there and wetting his toes. First of all, he's going to get a fair amount of ice time, but not right away. I predict the first few games, slow and steady. Keep in mind, this guy's played a ton of hockey. He's been, well, I, I'm not going to say hounded, but there's guys like me calling him up and saying, hey, can you do my interview here and there? Like, he needs to focus on hockey now, just kind of absorb. He's going to get so many things thrown at him here um, that he's just going to have to be able to focus. And at first that, that ice time will take a little bit of, you know, it'll take a time, a little while to build up, but expect goals, expect him to open up passing lanes. One of the great things we saw in the NCAA this year was even though he knew he had that, like he has that shot where he can just, you know, pick a corner uh, from anywhere. It's ridiculous. Um, but what he was conscious of is how many passing lanes he's opening and how much, how much goaltenders cheat. The only way to stop a Cole Caulfield shot, is to cheat. You have to go over if you're a goalie and you have to get either set early or do or really play the pass first so that, you know, you can get or sorry, play to the pass. Don't play the pass. You're not a defenseman. Play to the pass. So to the receiver of the pass, because, you know, when Cole Caulfield gets his his stick on that puck, it's going in. Um, that opens up passing lanes. So you saw Caulfield, uh, Caulfield in Wisconsin just do a fantastic job of finding his teammates. So I expect him to do that. Now, I also expect him to really, really not, not get a dose of reality, but it's going to be intense playing against these guys. Like he's going to be playing against 30 year olds. They're going to, they're going to want to hit him. It's as simple as that for the rest of his life. Cole Caulfield, you know, guys know that he went in the first round guys know that he's one of the best prospects 
to the NHL. So, you know, that's a name. So he's going to have to deal with that. Everyone does, but it's part of the, the you have to acclimatize to your, to your surroundings. And that's what Cole Caulfield is going to have to do. I'm not worried about him. He put on a ton of muscle. Um, you saw this year, obviously much more physically mature, but what I want to see from Cole Caulfield is the stuff that you won't see on the ice. It's the, I'm going to have to ask Joy Bouchard about it. It's the listening. It's the video sessions. It's the absorbing the information. You have to be open and ready. So really exciting prospect. Let's give him a chance to breathe deep, deep breaths. But I'm expecting really good things from Cole Caulfield. Uh, I, I don't know how long he'll be in the AHL. I don't suspect it to be for long. But you're adding Cole Caulfield to one of the best teams in the AHL. And it's funny because I keep saying the Laval Rocket don't really have any superstars. Well, you're about to add one for however long it may be. So that is very exciting. In the meantime, we'll be right back with our guest, the leading scorer, possibly Cole Caulfield's future line mate, Joseph Blandisi. Did you know the Canadians will be wearing their new reverse retro jerseys? Of course you know. You've seen them in action. They are gorgeous. They're beautiful. You want one? You can get them right now at tricolorsball.com. Gear up and get yours today. And we're back with this week's guest, the Laval Rockets' leading scorer, Joe Blandisi. Joe, how's it going? Going good. So far, so good. Uh, just finishing up with our road trip here, and we're excited to get back home. Okay, we're going to get to how dominant you guys were in that road trip and how dominant you've been. But I have a few important things to ask you. First of all, how nice is it not have to deal with the media every, every morning after practice? That must be fun, right? Yeah, you know, it's quiet at the rink. It's always fun having extra people in the dressing room. But uh, this year it's quiet. But I think uh, we're using it to our advantage in a way. We're, trying, we're just focusing on what we can do. And it gives us more time to talk game plan and talk strategies and things like that. So I think uh, the coaches probably like it too. It gives, us, it gives them a lot more time with us to do videos and singular types of stuff. So I think, uh, like I said, we miss you guys, but we're taking advantage of you not being here for sure. So you miss us, but you, you don't want us to rush back too quickly. Is that, is that? Oh, it's working without you guys right now. So <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, I get that. And I absolutely understand. Um, the second, and this is the most important one. Have you indulged in Putsin yet? Because I mean, Joe, like, I mean, you look at me, I've obviously indulged in Putsin. Have you gone down the Putsin road yet? Uh, I don't know if I've gone down to Putin road, but uh, <laughs> me and my roommate, we get Putin uh, once or twice a week when we're at home for sure. And we've been trying some different spots, uh, Putinville. Uh, there's another couple spots near our apartment, oh. so it's perfect. We're trying the different spots to see who's got the best one. Okay, so you're you're quickly becoming a Montrealer. You have to try Mapul Mouillé. It's this Portuguese, it's Portuguese uh, chicken. It comes in the patin. It's delicious. But now let's get to the hockey. You've kind of found a, a, your rhythm here, Joe. Um, I, I want to talk about how good the Laval Rocket have been. But you yourself, I mean, right from the get-go, as soon as you arrived in Laval, obviously the season got cut short. I think it was four points in four games. This year, the leading score. What's the secret sauce? How, like, well, why are you playing so well uh, since you've arrived uh, to Laval? I think just the opportunity I've been getting. The coaching staff's been great with me ever since I got here. I'm sure my roommate would agree with that. Ever since we came from Pittsburgh, uh, it's been great for us here. We've been winning. The team won a lot last year when we got here. I think we went 7-1 and one in the eight games that we were here. And now this year, again, we're off to a pretty good start. So I think the opportunity that the staff has given me, the resources that are in front of me, I'm taking advantage of. And obviously, I'm working hard as well. So it feels good to have uh, established quite a big role on this team and uh the fact that we're winning it makes everybody look good so it's exciting 
How has it been in terms of your off ice? Because obviously, um, we know, you know, you, you played for a few teams here and there. It seems like you've kind of really found your role here. How has it been establishing yourself in a new city? Like, how has it been to just get your head straight throughout all this? So many things have changed. How have you been able to maintain focus? Yeah, I mean, it's there's not much else to focus on, to be honest with you right now. I think when we had our time off that long, nine months or 10 months, whatever it was, uh, there wasn't much to focus on. There wasn't much going on in the world. So it was just time to get better for me, uh, work, whatever workouts, just skating, stuff like that. So with the long training period, I think I tried to take as much advantage of it as I could. And I think it's paying off this year. And then even around Montreal, we're not really allowed to do much. So it's hard to see guys when you're away from the rink, we're only really allowed to see each other when we're at the rink and we're not allowed to go to restaurants or things like that. So I think just with that, the distractions are limited and we're able to focus on our game. So in a sense, hockey has become not not a savior, but I mean, it's really helping. You're not the first guy to tell me this, that they've essentially just kind of thrown themselves entirely in hockey right now. Is that is that the case for you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're dedicating ourselves to the game for this year. It's been four months where in a bubble, so to speak. So it's not easy. I mean, we'd love to go sit on a patio and have some drinks with the guys, but we're not allowed to do that. We got a little lounge at the hotel where we're allowed to hang out with each other, but when we're at home, we're not allowed to see each other at all away from the rink. So in that sense, it's been a little different this year, a little hard, a little lonely, but like I said, I have a roommate, so that makes things a lot better and it's good to have my dog down there as well. In the meantime, we're lucky. We get to talk about hockey and we get to talk about the Laval Rocket. I mean, like, why are you guys so good? Even in the losses, I remember there was one game, I think you guys lost five to one it was one of the four games you've lost this year um you outshot them by like 30 shots why tell me why the Laval Rocket are so darn good I think it started in training camp for us uh we got in shape right away we had a month and a half and we really took advantage of it we got everybody involved we got everybody in shape and ready for the season I think we knew we were going to have stretches like this where we play whatever eight games and 15 nights so we knew we wanted to be ready for it and I think it's paid off for us uh, I think everybody's on the same page uh, the strategies and the game plans that the coaches are giving us, everybody's buying into it. So I think anytime you get uh, all the guys in the team, especially this year, we have a huge roster as well. So there's 35 players that we've used, I think, this far, and everybody's pulling the rope the same direction. There's not one guy that's on his own page, and I think you can see it on the ice. What was, because obviously, for those that don't know, you arrived later in this season last year. Like we said earlier, uh, you played a handful of games, and uh, I believe there's a slight injury thing there. What was your first impression of Joël Bouchard as a coach? Like, did you know about him coming into it? What, what like, and, and tell me your first impression of your first practice with the Laval Rocket. Yeah, I mean, the first practice was a little more intense than the practices I've had previously. But uh, I think it's good. He, he wants he wants hard workers. He establishes the foundation early and often, and he harps on the little details as much as he can. We have uh, certain things that we focus on, four or five things that everybody's doing, and it's, it makes us a pain in the ass to play against. So I think uh, everybody's buying into what Joel is offering, and it's it's been great ever since I've gotten here. He's been great to me. I've developed quite a good relationship with him. I've been able to talk to him over the summer and over the COVID as well. And obviously I was, I was upset at the time. When are we going to play and frustrated? When, when can we get back? And he's always there to talk you off the ledge, so to speak. So I think just anytime uh, for me personally that I can develop a relationship with a coach, like a friendship and that, that helps me. And I think it's helping him with us as well. 
what is it? Because that's perfect. That dives right into what I wanted to speak about. That relationship with Bouchard, it doesn't work with every player. Uh, like, and that, let's be honest, it never works all the time with every human um, when it comes to interactions. But for the most part, guys like you'll just say like, hey, man, like he works. He seems to have just this little something. What is it about Joel Bouchard that opens up discussions, that opens up honesty and all that fun stuff that we're hearing about from all the players? I think it's his passion. I think like, obviously if you're going to get to this level playing hockey, you're passionate, you're a passionate player and you, you want to do well. So I think when he shares that same passion with all of us, he loves, he loves being around the guys. He loves the big wins. He'd rather win two, one than five, nothing. He'll be more happy when we grind a win out and block shots at the end of the game, things like that. So, and I think even after last night's game, we had a couple injuries. You, you could tell he wasn't in his normal self after the game. we got the two points, but it was it was a loss for us in a way. So, and but that one nothing game, he came in the room firing after the game, and he was excited about that one. So I think just his passion, it's contagious. It makes everybody want to be involved. It makes everybody want to buy in. And when you when you see your coach wants you guys to do so well, then it can't help it. But you want yourselves to do well as well. I know. I sat and I watched those practices, and I intensely ate a breakfast sandwich while you guys intensely skated. But I mean, obviously, that preparation goes a long way in pressuring your opponents, right? Yeah, and he, he's relentless on the details. There's certain things that he wants to have done. For example, stick on puck. He doesn't want you finishing a check with your stick in the air, and he'll point you out, and he'll call you out, and you'll be in the video if you're not doing it properly. And then over time, now you see everybody sticks down. Now we're turning pucks over on the four check. We got good sticks in our defensive zone, breaking up plays. And like it's usually three mistakes that cost a goal, but we're not really making those three mistakes anymore. I mean, if we make one, the second guy will make up for it. If we make two, the third guy's got your back. So I think if we we just focus on our details and keep doing the little things right that we're tough to break down as a team yeah and the perfect example of that stick down is uh, jordan wheel in that you know the, the the game winner against manitoba that was a you know stick down four check so those details for the kids listening yeah it's a lot to absorb but those details are what end up turning games Get your Petrie jersey right now at TricolorSpall.com where you can find the brand new gorgeous reverse retro jerseys. That's TricolorSpall.com for all your future Norris Trophy winner, Jeff Petrie, memorabilia needs. Now, I would like to know, what's the vibe in the locker room this year? Okay, so first of all, you're in a restaurant uh, when you're at the Bell Center. They've done a great job. Yeah, the, the the equipment staff have done an amazing job with our dressing room. It's it's phenomenal in there. We are in a, a restaurant, but you can't even really tell we're in a restaurant. We got mm-hmm. our we got our players spot. We got our video spot. We got the training tables in there, so everything's there. We got everything we need, and then when we get to play at the Bell Center as well, so I think the guys were excited with that. We got a younger group too, so these guys are playing in a big building for the first time. It's hard mm-hmm. not to get excited about it. I think our first practice six or seven of the young guys stayed out for another hour and a half after practice. And uh, Joel actually made a joke the next day that we got fined by the league because the Zambonis weren't able to get on the ice and time and things like that. So it said like, we're going to be in the rink all year. You don't have to enjoy it all in one day. So it's exciting. What's it like to have, it is a fairly young team. You have guys like uh, Jan Mishak that just, you know, very, very young. He could be, he could be in the, uh, you could be in junior. Caden Gooley went back to junior. Jenny Fairbrother went back to junior. You have a ton of guys that are 26 and under, really, a really young roster. What's it like? Is it um, usually we talk about leadership right now? Alex Bezil isn't even there. So, what's it like uh, to be on such a, a, a young roster? 
It's great. It's exciting. You see, if you got the guys come with great attitudes every day, they're excited to be at the rink. It's their first year playing pro hockey, and that's such a fun year for them. And now the fact that we're winning, obviously the dressing room's a happy place to be. The coaches are buddy buddy with everybody. It's it's a great environment to be a part of. It's it's really is a team and a brotherhood in our dressing room right now. There's if if somewhere from outside were to come in our dressing room, you wouldn't be able to tell who the young guys are and the old guys are. Everybody's treated as equals, and it's a it's great chemistry we have. Really, the only way you could tell at practice who the new guys were was because they were always lagging behind, you know, when you do the sprints at the end there. So that was my only way I could tell because, you know, the picture, the, the, the numbers were so small there. So I'm like, okay, that's clearly a new guy. Now let's go back a little bit. Um, You've been traded. I want to talk about, I was speaking to Veilleur not, not too long ago and he was saying, when you get traded from the team that drafts you, it really feels like you lose your safety net that you almost, you hit that point in your career where you're like, okay, where do I go here? Because they invested a lot in you. How was that for you? Um, can you explain the process? And obviously, you know, it's not a fun experience, but it's something that athletes go through all the time, right? Yeah, I mean, that's not easy. You get your whole life flipped upside down. And like I said, for me personally, I like developing relationships everywhere I go and friendships and things like that. So when you got a when you get one phone call and you gotta leave all that stuff behind and start fresh, it's it's not easy. And especially for me with the dog and stuff like that, it's hard to do navigate all the little little plans to get him around everywhere and things like that but you have people around you helping you out along the way and like I said when I came here it was nothing but comfortability right off the hop uh, it was my first game my third shift in where I actually got injured when I came here last year so that that didn't feel good for me right away I'm like what are these guys going to think of me like they, all of a sudden I come here they're going to think I don't want to be here because I get hurt in my third shift it's like I almost faked it but nobody said anything and I was able to get back in a week and a half and get back to my game and it's all good. So, so let's talk about that, that whole getting injured when you're, you know, obviously, you know, you have your eyes on the NHL, everyone on your team has your eyes on the NHL. How do you maintain focus on the AHL while vying for that NHL spot? Because I mean, once in a while, I'm sure, especially, and you're playing at the Bell Center right now, right? So once in a while, do you kind of get distracted or is it easy to focus on the AHL? I think that that's something I learned uh, now that I'm in my sixth year pro. My first couple of years, I'm always waiting for my phone to ring. Like, uh, what do I got to do to get a call up? What do I got to do to get a call up? And that's I don't think that's the right way of thinking. I think if you just worry about what you can control, then the uncontrollables will happen for you. So I think this year I've just been focusing on my game, not really worried about when that phone call is going to come or if it comes at all. I just want to be the best player I can be and help the team win as many games as I can. And it's working out so far. Things are happening happening for me and uh, the team's winning. So I think the less you worry about that stuff that you can't control, the better it is for you as a player mentally, especially. It's funny because that's the same thing. Most of the guys that end up in the, in the big show will say like, listen, I, I worried about it at first, but that, that does, that did nothing. Right. You can't focus. No, on it'll it. eat you up. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, but you're in an interesting situation because again, okay. So you're the leading scorer for one of the best teams in the AHL. Um, obviously you're putting up points constantly, but you could also act like a little bit of a mentor for some of these younger guys, right? Like how do you describe your role for the Laval Rocket this season? Yeah, I think I've taken on a pretty good leadership role this year and um, I'm pretty excited about that. I think even in juniors, I was a leader on most of the teams I played on. Uh, I wore an A in San Diego and Wilkes-Barre as well. So 
I think just with the amount of NHL games I had, it's good for the young guys to see that, like, even though I have that many games, I'm still here and I'm still in the same league as them. And I haven't cracked it full time yet, but I'm still working at it. And like, for example, Jan, I'm eight years older than Jan, but me and him are working for the same job in the NHL. And he's 18 and I'm 26, but we're all we're both going to the rink every day and working just together and working hard to get make each other better. So I think I, I'll get questions from time to time from the young guys. So that tells me that they probably look at me as a leader, so to speak. So I think it's exciting for me and it's, it's fun to watch these young kids come up and they want to learn and they're eager to learn and they want to get better. And they're great players, too, and great kids as well. What do you tell them? Like, let's say Jan Mishak comes to you and he's like, he's like, Joe, like, uh, you know, how do I score in the like, how do, what do you what do they ask you? And what do you tell them as like your general advice for guys that are just cracking league? Maybe some advice that you would have liked to give to a young Joe Blundese. Yeah, exactly. I think just when from experience coming into the AHL, I don't know how it would feel being 18 years old. I was 20 years old when I came in. So um, I'm expecting he's even more intimidated than me. So I just try and my leadership style, fill them with confidence, make them believe in themselves. They're here for a reason. So you got to showcase that. And I think just with the team winning, they, they realize that they're helping the team win as well. And they're bringing stuff to the table and everybody's a part of it. I know Jan's on the power play now. You see, yes, he's on our first unit on the power play as well. And he's got a bomb back there. So we're using the young guys. You got HP that's playing all sorts of special teams. So we're using the young guys and we're, the coaches are filling them with confidence and that's what the leadership group's doing as well. Let's talk about them in specific. Okay. We already talked about Jan a little bit. Um, obviously really young guy. I mean, just crazy that he's already playing in the AHL, but what about um, Ryan Paling? He's a guy who faced a lot of criticism last year, including, I mean, part of my job was to go down there and criticize him. What are you seeing in his game this year? From the outside, I'm seeing a guy who's, who's found his confidence and maybe realizing that we were a little impatient. What are you seeing? You play with him. Um, you obviously interact with him. What are you seeing from a development point uh, from when it comes to Ryan Paling? He's, he's taken a huge step in his game this year, 100%. I think, obviously, he scored three goals in his first NHL game, and that's all glitz and glamour at the time. But I think if you're a player and you know how it all works, it might, could have been the worst thing for him because now the expectations are that high and everybody expects him to do that every night. But it's not like that. It's a hard league and it's, he's 20 or 21 years old. Like he's young too. So it takes time to learn. It takes time to grow as a pro. And I think he's doing it quickly. And like he's still young. Like you said, it was a second year pro. So it's, he's doing great. He's a big part of our team. He's logging a lot of minutes for us and he's, he's being consistent every night. And I think whenever you can find consistency in a young player, that's going to make for a good pro for a long time. So I think the future's bright for Ryan. I also think the future's bright for one of the newcomers that you're talking about, 20 years old, Jesse Yulon. And obviously he has some, North, uh, he had some European experience, but man, this guy's picking up the North American game pretty quickly, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's a strong kid. He's mature for his age. He does his little things. He's, he's got a heavy shot, and he's really creative. You can see that creativity every time he gets on the ice. He's always trying to make plays. He's got his head up at all times. It's you know, it's almost like he's not intimidated by the league at all. He's got that confidence, and he struts his stuff every day. And I think the coaching staff has given him that ability. And like if you, put, you put him on the power play right away, and he's able to start running right out of the gate. So maybe if you take those minutes away at the start and he gets down on himself early, maybe we don't get this yesy out of him. But right now he's in a great spot, and it was a tough loss for him to get hurt last night. And, uh, yeah, what a shot. I mean, I was thinking this guy's all skating, but he's got that just 
heck of a shot. Um, now let, let's talk about a guy who's maybe a little less finesse, but a little more high tempo. You mentioned him earlier, Rafael Harvey-Pinard. Does he remind you of a certain Montreal Canadian by any chance, of a guy currently playing for the Canadians? Yeah, he loves to go to the net front, and he's always under everybody's skin. He's he's in the dirty areas. He's, he doesn't fear anybody either. He's, he plays a good, mature game as well. He's hard on pucks. He gets pucks out on the wall. He takes hits to make play. It's it's honestly amazing that in their, their first year that these guys can bring as much as they're bringing to the table. I know I wasn't like that in my first year, and the coaches were harping on me for my details, but these guys, they do the little things right at a young age, and that's a good recipe for success in the future for sure. So let's let's talk about let's go back to that real quick you said that maybe you weren't um was it not, maybe not focused on the details at first or maybe you weren't ready at first was that on you was that an organization thing did you kind of just coast on talent what was it that made you realize okay i have to maybe double up my effort here yeah i think uh, i didn't really even playing junior i didn't focus much on my defensive play i was able to cheat in certain areas and i'd end up with two or three goals in a game so nobody noticed that i was on for two as well but when you get to pro and now you're cutting corners and certain spots that you shouldn't be able to you're going to get burned for it and i wasn't putting up two three goals a game my first year like it the points are hard to come by at the pro level but then i was still getting two goals against three goals against a night so it wasn't a good recipe for me but i think that's probably the biggest improvement i've made throughout my career and i think you see that i'm on the defensive units uh big part of the penalty kill on at the last minute of every game so i think that's probably an area i specialize in now but i had to learn that the hard way for sure did bouchard ever do one of his classic yell slash like he cares when he yells at you there at practice for for not uh, giving her yeah, i think i had to learn this before him i started okay. focusing on my defense before him and i think it was my first coach rick kowalski in albany uh he was He couldn't believe what I was doing my first couple of games. And I'm like, but this is what I used to do. This is how I scored 50 goals last year. And you were year. scoring, but, you were getting points too, right? With Albany, weren't you yeah. like a point per game? Yeah, so I was getting points with Albany. But like I said, there's a lot of stuff going on in the defensive end that I wasn't sharp on and it wasn't going to help me stick in the NHL. So I think it just throughout the last five, six years, I've really harped on my defense and focused on that. I watch a lot of video of places to be and how to get in the right areas and get a good stick on guys and try not to take as many penalties as I can. So, You talked about video right there. One of the things that Joel Bouchard prides himself, and it's not just Joel, I, I think we need to give a little more credit to the entire coaching staff here, right? You guys are surrounded by so many good guys. Obviously, you lost Alex Burrows, um, but you still, you know, Daniel Jacob is still there, and you just, I mean, you know, there's just so many people there to help you. Have you done a lot of video breakdowns with Joel? I know he loves doing those, and he maybe likes doing them a little more than anyone else. Have you had done one of those sit-down video strategies with Joel Bouchard yet? Yeah, I mean, we all we do video every day. We got lots of video every day. We look at the other teams, what they're doing on their special teams as well. I think that's, that's something that we take pride in is being prepared for games. Like he says every day, the, the game starts the night before the actual puck drop. So I think we're prepared every night. And I think it's maybe a little easier on the coaches this year that we're playing four games against the same team every single night. So we can kind of cram that video in at the beginning of the week and then dwindle it off towards the end of the week because we're playing the same system every night. So I think it's gone good. I, I was actually surprised when we lost Burr. There was, uh, was a little down in the dressing room. We knew we were going to miss him, right. but it didn't really affect us. And Dan picked up the slack. Dan run the power play and the penalty kill now. And I guess he's got double duty, but 
they're both doing a great job. Dan and Joel and Burr, while he was here, we, we do miss him for sure. We loved working with him, but that's that's the goal for everybody that's in this league is to get that to make that next jump to the next week. So to the next league. So we're happy for him and we're hoping that we can all follow in his footsteps. Dan Jacob taking over the power play. Like, I mean, does that were you a little shocked at first? Like, hey, this is a guy that's always done the defensive side of things. He's been a defenseman. It's kind of working out. How quickly did he adapt to uh, taking over power play duties? I think he comes off as a smart, educated man. He knows he knows the ins and outs to the game. He's really technical with this video and just you can have a conversation with him and you can tell he's intelligent. So I think just with that and the demeanor he brings across everybody, we believe in what he's preaching and everybody's following it to a T. And now you're starting to see the power plays starting to clip. Obviously, this has been a condensed season. It's been a crazy season. You guys are dominant. Let's just face it. Do you guys feel like you're a dominant team right now? Yeah. We do. We're confident. We're going yeah. into every game expecting to win. So expecting I think whenever, yeah, whenever you get that attitude in the dressing room, I think we got the advantage before the game even starts with our confidence. And I, I think personally that teams are fearing us as well. I think we go into places and guys are teams are thinking, oh God, we got to play them for four games. This is like, so I think anytime you get a relentless group that's uh, stick to their structure like we do, and we're we're tenacious group. So. Anytime you get everybody pulling the rope, like I said, in the same direction and everybody on the same page, it's tough to compete with when you're the other team and we wear teams down. Like you can see, maybe some game teams will hang around for one or two periods, but by the third period, the floodgates will open or even the other night or last night, three, one, we're down. And then we're worried about like, we're not really worried about in between periods. We know that's a, that's the message that Joel sent between periods. We're going to get our chances. We're going to get our chances to tie a game. Just be ready for them when they come. And we were ready, and little did you know, we pull out a win. So, so it, it was. Let me guess. In between periods, of the classic Joel. You were losing, and he stayed incredibly calm. Right? He just yeah, said, keep, more keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. And keep okay. doing more of the same. We've had success for the last two weeks doing the same thing. Don't stray away from it. Now we didn't, and it worked for us. Perfect. So, I mean, I, I guess we could finalize this by saying you kind of found I, I wouldn't want to say a home but you found a pretty darn good situation with Laval and hopefully Montreal in the long run but that whole relationship and obviously it stems from your openness too right to change how difficult is it as a guy that I mean you've played in the NHL you scored goals in the NHL how difficult is it to get to that point and have a coach say like hey I'm going to change the way you play now because I'm sure Joel told you a few things he didn't like how difficult is that to absorb as a player Yeah, I mean, you got to adapt. Like the coaches, they make you as much as you make them. If you don't get along with your coach, you're not going to have success in this business for a long time. So I think uh, obviously there's coaches along the way that I didn't get along with as well as I could have. But uh, I think that Joel's system and the way he coaches and just the type of player I am, I'm, I'm not good. I'm not skilled enough to not work hard. So I think anytime I don't work hard, you, my skill will never come out. But if I'm working hard, which he likes, that's and then he, he'll give you a leash, too. If you're working hard and you're making mistakes, he's not on your back. It's when you're slacking off and now you're turning the puck over and doing things that are lazy and you're not working to get back into position. So I think he trusts that uh, me personally, I'm giving my best effort every night. And that's why he gives me a little bit of a leash and I'm able to make mistakes without him breathing down my neck because he knows I'm trying my best. Well, the work ethic clearly stands out, Joe, but I'm going to disagree with you with the whole not talented thing. I mean, you are the leading scorer of one of the best teams in the AHL. So I'm going to go ahead and say there is a lot of talent there that, I mean, we're, we're seeing it, but it's not 
individuals this year, right, Joe? Like, I mean, let's close this out. The Laval Rocket are the epitome of a team, full team effort, right? Yeah, yeah. You say the leading scorer, but I think within a day that can change by three it points. It could be like Jordan tomorrow. There's, yeah. there's five or six of us that are right there. So yeah, tomorrow someone else can lead the way. But I think that's just it. We got three line, four lines that can score and produce points, and everybody's bringing consistency every single night. So there's not one guy that's like you got to get him on the ice the whole time. It's a group effort. Both power play units are scoring, and it's a different guy every night who's the hero. So, so. You heard it here. The current leading scorer, the Laval Rocket. It may change tomorrow. Joe Blandizi, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, there you have it. Uh, straight from the horse's mouth, Joseph Blandizi. You know, it's funny when you say, hey, man, you're leading the scorer here. Uh, you're doing really good. And he throws it right back. It's a team thing. And he's right. But, you know, in the next couple of days, he might not be the leading the scorer there. But that's the beauty of a Joel Bouchard coach team. You're going to have contributions from all over. Uh, and I think we're seeing right now, it's not just Blandizing. We're seeing Wheel too. Yeah, they're producing. But you go down the list of players after them. You have uh, uh, Yulin, uh, Videmo, uh, Josh Brook, Ryan Paling. Like, these are guys that were drafted um, and that are, are, are finally, like, essentially, the whole revamp of the AHL is starting to bear fruit. It's really exciting. So thank you to Joseph Blandizi for joining us. As per usual, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, next week, we're going to be alternating. And these podcasts are available wherever you are able to download them. Don't forget to rate it, um, subscribe, like all those all those things that people yell at you at on the internet. I'm not great at that, but go ahead and do that. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you do not like. And we will see you next week. Go Habs, go.